Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about how I think the obelisks are a new chalice. I want to kind of walk through it, and a lot of people don't understand the obelisks. I'm going to try and help you out with how they work. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. I'm probably live right now. If you're on YouTube, hitting like, subscribe, and the little bell button. That's a free and easy way to help me out. I appreciate all you guys that support me on YouTube and the other platforms. So, the obelisks are... A thing that have launched in Season of Dawn that are a companion grind slash sort of activity thing that goes hand in hand with the sundial and not everybody quite understands the role of the obelisks just yet. Right now there are presently only two of them, Tangled Shore and Mars, and then Nessus and EDZ will get some soon. And I'm going to have this up on screen so we can kind of have this uh there for us to be for the for the sake of the discussion now for the sake of this discussion if you if you can't see it because you're listening to the audio version I'll probably try to be as descriptive as I can I have a resonance rank of 11 on the tangled shore obelisk because I wanted to see what all we got for max level now the Mars one has different benefits and if you really wanted to take one all the way up to level 11 I would maybe focus on Mars first because it gives you double drops from the sundial you can pick two things instead of just one and that's gonna be a nice benefit. Um, this one allows me to increase the capacity of simultaneous sundial links by one, which doesn't do a whole lot for me week one, because I also got that from the season pass. So right now I could have three sundial links to these obelisks, and you're like, what does that mean? Okay, well, let me walk you through that first before I get into the commentary. This obelisk on Tangled Shore, if you come down here and you highlight the link down here at the bottom, it says the breech light and the steel feather repeater are the rewards and you're like I don't understand well it tells you once the sundial link is active the outcome of the rewards of the sundial is affected basically by this so when I link this tangled shore sundial uh, tangled shore obelisk to the sundial I can get the breech light which is the uh, which is, I believe, the the sidearm, or the auto rifle, which is the steel feather repeater. So whenever I end the sundial, it'll even show me like tangled shore obelisk. It'll you know it'll show that that I can get those. Now the more you level them up, you get benefits. Like I get etheric spiral extractor on this planet. I can get the the, the currency to level this up is the little resonant uh, like fractaline or whatever they're called things. It's the seasonal currency uh, that you would you dump in here, and then when you level this one up, it gives you them from gambit. Then when you level this one up it'll permanently increase the progression rate of the time loss weapon frames by 10% that's these things here and then this one here gave me an additional link now the reason you want additional links is because eventually you're going to get to the point where all four sundial obelisks are linked so when you end a sundial round you can pick whatever the frick you want instead of just two or whatever so right now I have the Mars one and the Tangled Shore one linked to the sundial so I can pick these two weapons or the linear fusion and that new grenade launcher this is essentially a separate grind and it's kind of like the chalice and kind of not the other thing you get from light ranking it up are these new mods over here that are the charge with light mods every obelisk is different one of the easiest ways to level them up initially grab the weeklies from all from from both obelisks make sure and cash in your triumphs and then make sure and do your milestones at the actual sundial you get like a hundred from the sundial milestone and then you get like a hundred from each of these it takes 200 to level it up one time and each week we're getting more uh next week we're gonna have two more obelisks so we'll have four total obelisks eight total weeklies three total milestones if you have three characters and cashing in your triumphs that's the best way to get as many of the of the 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 fractaline currency or whatever it's called um to put in here now 
I wouldn't split it up, and I also wouldn't focus too much on these bounties. A lot of people are like, well, the bounties seem faster and easier. It's only 10 polarized fractalines to, to, to get a bounty, and the bounties are really fast and really easily done. That is true, but every time you buy one of these bounties, you're taking away polarized fractaline from leveling up the obelisks, and eventually, you're going to end the sundial and be able to get multiple rewards and pick from the whole gamut, and also, sundials pretty fast. We were running them today between 10 and 14 minutes. That's not bad, especially if you're able to get multiple rewards. I don't know if these weapon bounties are going to rotate, but right now, the Black Scorpion is here, and I believe the Bygones is on Mars. That's a nice and intentional grind if you wanted to get a good roll on the scorpion or the bygones we were hoping they might do something like that with the old fashioned and some of the other weapons that have come back but we're not sure these might be locked if they rotate weekly that would be great but since it's a scout here and a pulse on mars it seems like they're trying to line that up with the pulse and scout focus from the artifact champion mods now let me get into my actual talk that was like a five minute tutorial for those of you who are like what the frick are these obelisks and how do they work i hope that helps you all right now First, I want to talk about how it's a segmented grind. Then there's going to be an upward slope. And then I want to say how these are basically NPCs. So first, it's a segmented grind. This is more intentional way to like level up the sundial like whenever we were trying to level up the chalice you just kind of had to go run activities and and get the get the things to plug into it this i can come here i grab the bounties i get the currency i can choose which obelisk i want to level up and get those benefits and it and it, it permanently affects my sundial uh, experience it also keeps us moving from place to place a lot of people were saying you know why are you in lost sectors why are you doing why are you running public events why are you grabbing currency why are you doing patrols those were all the different things i was doing doing to level this up for the various bounties, right? I was killing captains, I was getting sniper shots, I was getting grenade launchers, I was doing all those things. And the reason that I'm calling that a segmented grind is instead of us just running sundial all day, every day to level up the sundial or to level up the obelisks or to unlock new things in the sundial, this is taking us to the different planets, different activities, different behavior. So it doesn't get so burned out. Like I think we would get really, really burned out on sundial if that's all we were doing that first week, those that first month. This is going to require you to go to different places and do different things. Nessus and EDZ launch next week. If you're doing those weeklies and doing those things, it's going to, it's kind of shaking things up and I know people are like I hate going into old content to level I actually think this is totally fine it's not that difficult it's not that tedious it's it, it's a way to feel a sense of progression I'm leveling up benefits on the planet in other game activities like Gambit in the actual sundial itself the frames you know completion rate of the frames mods for my armor as well as changing my experience in the sundial running nothing but the sundial I think would have just burned us out quickly and I think this was a really smart way to incorporate the other planets and other game activities while giving you a sense of progression in the game world and attached to the seasonal content so secondly I want to talk about upward slope initially I was like I don't understand this time loss weapon bounty I can get a hundred from a bounty from one of these weeklies I can get a hundred of the fractaline harvest I can make ten of these guns in way less time than I can run the sundial but when I make those ten guns I'm robbing myself of leveling up the resonance rank of the obelisk. Once all four obelisks are leveled all the way up, we're going to be at the maximum amount of efficiency and reward structure for Sundial. All four obelisks will be linked. 
We'll be getting multiple drops at the end of every sundial, and we can just pick what we want, and that's one activity, as opposed to going to individual planets, grabbing individual bounties, and doing individual things to get those bounties done. I will admit, the bounties are a nice, nice touch. If you te- Like, this is a great touch. This is like the difference between grinding the Master Nightmare hunts and getting all that currency and grinding it on my own. Like You, you can kind of switch between the two. If your team's not online and your buddies aren't around to run the sundial as fast as possible, you can go grab these bounties on your own and grind some of the weapon frames while you're kind of waiting for your buddies to get online, but I believe this will lead to like an upward slope. We'll probably spend the first month, a month and a half, leveling up all of the obelisks. Once all the obelisks are max level, then you'll probably divert your attention to the sundial because the sundial will become more rewarding as the season progresses. I think that's a really smart play because the sundial is going to be expiring, you know, at the end of the season, and that's a way for you to contribute to your own experience and the own generosity of the activity. I am sorry if you can hear the thumping above me. Usually my children are uh, elsewhere during this segment. I don't think that they're they're going out today. I they, they, I think something got canceled. So the bounties do seem faster but that's costing you currency and as the season goes on you're going to be having a better sundial experience and the obelisks are account wide so my resonance rank of 11 on this obelisk is actually no matter what character I pick it's there you don't have to do it on every single character Lastly, I want to say these are basically NPCs. This is kind of like the lectern table. The lectern table was one of those instances where it was a non-NPC NPC. You go to the table, you grab the bounties, you got the weeklies, you do the thing, you get the guns. This is a similar idea. I think this is really close to what I've wanted from planetary NPCs since November of 2017. Uh, November, December of 2017, I've been calling for the planetary NPCs to get an update, uh, and I think this is the closest we're getting to what I was asking for. You level it up in the season. Leveling it up gives you planetary benefits and grind benefits. It has weapon frames on it. Just like I said, take the weapon frame idea from Ikora and from Ada and put it everywhere. This is essentially a planetary NPC. I get benefits on the planet. I get mods. I get rewards. I get seasonal rewards with these mods. I get weapon frames I can grind if I want and I get an in-game seasonal benefit from grinding this this NPC so there's essentially four of these this season this is again I think exactly what we want to see on the planetary NPC seasonal investment pattern and it's good to see them do this I'm not going to see spider it is a new thing but it's very similar to what I've been calling for for two years give the planetary NPCs a reason for me to do two things rank them up and grind weapon frames and they've done exactly that so I'm very very pleased with the obelisks I think it's a great addition and it's kind of like a quasi you know, chalice that increases your efficiency with the sundial. Investment into the planet gives you benefits, weapon frames, improved farming, uh, etc. I think this is a really, really great iteration on something that's already been in the game, and hopefully the front end of this helps you understand why these are worth doing and what they're bringing to this season. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the obelisks and how I believe they are a new chalice in Destiny with Season of Dawn. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at twitch.tv slash rage or just go to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm usually live when these hit the feed. With the first question, the reason. Thoughts on the new world drops? Would you rather have them weapon frames or uh, as their grind is quite awful? 
Well, before we did this, we just looked up these weapon frames right here. You got the time loss weapon bounties that are like aqua teal or purple. And it was really neat to see that they're going to be rolling these out. There's going to be a tower obelisk and you're going to be able to have that intentional grind for tons of different weapons. There's forge weapons from Curse of Osiris that have come back. There's Saint-14 you'll be able to grind for. Um, I'm sorry, the perfect paradox shotgun. As well as all these new guns like the seal feather repeater and the breech light. So I love that they did this, but it is a bit of a bummer to be like, oh cool, the Uriels is back. The old fashioned is back. And you're just sort of like, maybe I'll get one. I'm kind of of the opinion don't bro- don't bother bringing back a few select weapons if you're not going to give me an intentional grind for them because now people are just slamming legendary shards at Rahul which is terrible because you can get weapons you can get armor you can get everything um, and you know Eugene saying oh it'll always be there you'll get one eventually to me again I don't necessarily see the point in bringing back select weapons like they brought back a couple weapons to have them just be in a ridiculously massive loot pool right like at that point why is it even in there what's what's the point in doing that did the loot pool from rahul and world drops did it really need other weapons added to it and maybe let's say it another way if you're going to put new weapons in the loot pool maybe rotate other ones out or something maybe do seasonal seasonal world drop updates so it's not just this massive insane loophole nobody especially considering how many pieces of armor drop in the world pool it's like maybe that would help i don't know if i go to rahul could i at least say give me a weapon to shrink the loot pool like a little bit because to again what what really is the point and and here's another thing i'd like to say about it is i'm gonna bang on my drum that i always bang on why not just give it as a weapon frame to Devrim? We're going to the EDZ for the obelisk anyway. Why not give the Uriels as a frame to uh, Failsafe? We're going to Nessus for the obelisk anyway. It seems like you could have thrown frames on the planetary NPCs. Just a little teeny dial turn. Like, hey, we're kind of making some of the NPCs or planetary things relevant again. Instead, the NPCs are just there for literally no reason other than their bounties, which the bounties are helpful for the season pass and the artifact so that's my opinion other people are seeing it differently they're like oh it's not that big of a deal you know it's just more stuff in the world drops I'm just kind of of the opinion that if Bungie's gonna take the time to reach into the old weapon pool apply random rolls and do weapon testing because according to Dylan the reason they couldn't just suddenly update the escalation protocol weapons to be randomly rolled is because it would require testing and I'm like okay so you guys took the time to update the Uriels, the Old Fashioned. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm blanking on the other ones that they brought back. You did that and you tested them to just drop them in the world pool and not give us any level of intentionality. You know, T-Funk's like, not every weapon needs an intentional grind. I just really disagree. I really do. I, I've continued to say that quality of grind is better than quantity of loot. I just I don't think we just need a bunch of junk in the world pool. So then when you're like, oh wow, where'd you get that god roll old fashioned? Oh, I just turned in a, a an ingram to Rahul. Like I have an old fashioned that's not terrible, and I got it from Hawthorne's ingram. Like I don't know. Like I would say. It's fine to have world drops that can surprise you like that. Maybe you're not grinding for the weapon and then that happens. You turn in a Hawthorne milestone and you're like, oh, wow, and then you get it. But not giving you an intentional grind for it is something that has been traditionally 
loathed and hated, not celebrated. Nobody celebrated the fact that you had no intentional grind for an Ayas Luna in D1. Nobody celebrated the fact that you couldn't get an intentional grind for a Matador or a Party Crasher in D1 because you're con- you were getting killed by those in PvP was infuriating. So, to me, since everywhere I turn, everywhere I turn, this is becoming the theme. There are weapon frames at every single obelisk, giving you the ability to grind for what you want. Ikora had weapon frames. Ada had weapon frames. The Lectern has weapon frames. I continue to say, and will continue to say, that is the future of the gear grind in Destiny. Random world drops in a sea of world drops, in a sea of intentionality, makes no sense. It just seems, it, it doesn't seem anomalous. It seems, um... I don't know, maybe I use the word dissonant too much. It just doesn't seem to fit. It's like, I can go to this obelisk, I can go to this activity, I can go to the menagerie, I can go to Ada, I can go to all these different places and pick the gun and grind for the gun that I want. And then you got really cool, nice, likable, desirable guns like old-fashioned Uriel's. The Duke has been an elusive drop for people for a very long time. I just think give us the ability to grind for it. Where's the harm in that? I don't think it harms anything by me going to a vendor and saying, I really like thus and so gun, give me the frame, I'll go grind the activity. At the very least, they could have given these frames to Zavala and Shax as an NPC vendor update. Like, hey, Shax has got a frame for the Uriels, Zavala's got a frame for the old fashioned, grind those activities, you use the tokens to buy the frames the same way you use the currency to buy the frames from Ikora, and that would have been a nice little vendor update, instead of being like, oh, you just, they're just kind of randomly in the world. It just doesn't seem worth it. I think you get way more capital out of a couple of guns. Think of it this way. You get way more capital out of a couple of guns if you throw them into a vendor like that, as opposed to just dropping them randomly. I don't think you get any capital out of it. Like, I don't know. No one gives a rip. Or if they do, they're wasting all their resources in the worst grind possible. Standing in the tower and pumping Rahul with with shards? I don't know. To me, people have been asking for a vendor refresh. Man, that was low-hanging fruit. Like, why not just slap those, those guns that came back with random rolls as frames in some of the vendors in the tower? Why not? I, I think... There's no harm in that, right? There's no harm in that. You know, people are saying nothing, not everything needs intentionality. You know, Lightleaf saying, I disagree, a vendor world drop refresh brings depth. The better the weapons uh, they have intentional grind have to stand out for something. Again, it's an old fashioned. It's a Uriel's gift. I just, to me, you get more capital out of putting them somewhere with an intentional loot grind as opposed to just having them dropping randomly. I just, if you're trying to make the game world feel like it's getting updated and getting new stuff, that's a really easy way to do it. And what they did doesn't really achieve that. I think it's just going to become a pain point and frustration for the people that want them and for the people that don't care. It's just, it's not even an issue. They can't even count that in the quantitative add to the game because it's just like randomly, you know, anywhere. Forza. Uh, how do you feel about the new season starting with less than 10 hours worth of content? Uh, I get that seasons are meant to be trickled, but it's really light for day one. I don't know who you players are, but that's not true, like, at all. I, I just, that just isn't true. I, I, you have two obelisks with weeklies, and if you do all those weeklies on all your characters... I got my resonance rank on this thing to level 11, and only just today I started grinding the sundial. We also had the story missions. 
we also had all those bounties that took me to get to there and you have the artifact and you have the season pass like i i don't really understand i I think people zero in on one thing and it's it's a bad representation of what we got you're like well i did the story and the new stuff and by the time i was done with all the new stuff each obelisk and then a couple sundial runs in the story i was kind of done our bounties content yes everything is content Listen, if you're if you're going to try and make that argument, all right? If you're going to try and make that argument that bounties aren't content and that grinding something like the obelisk isn't content, then you're making you're making it really narrow and and it's like, well then the only thing that's content is something that's like the the sundial or a strike or a raid, which means we almost never get content. A lot of the times they give you a space and then they reuse that space a lot for different reasons, whether it's a bounty, whether it's, you know, you rerunning strikes that you've run before. I don't know. I feel like bounties are content. They require you to go to different areas to do different things. There's a tangible benefit and reason to do it. You level up the sundial, you know, the obelisks that improves your sundial. I don't know. To me, I would rather be doing lots of different things. I was doing all sorts of different things to level up these obelisks. Only just today I started doing some stuff with the sundial. I don't know. We have we have the season pass. We have the artifact. We have the obelisks. We have the sundial. We had a story mission. Uh, there are ritual weapons. I it, it, I, I think people. I this I, I genuinely believe this. I think people are just blind. I really do. I think you just shut your eyes and you're like, this is all that matters to me. And you kind of reach out and you're like, yep, here it is in the room. This is all there is this time around. And there's like a bunch of other things you're just ignoring. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think that that's 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 like a fair assessment. Would you be happy if they gave us a bounty refresh for $10 with nothing else? Well, see, now you're going to an absurd example, T-Funk, and they're never going to do that. So sure, if you go to an absurd example, they're like, hey, for $10, we just refreshed a bunch of bounties. First of all, it's a false equivalency because this is not a refreshed bounty system. These are brand new bounties with brand new requirements and brand new rewards. So that's not necessarily true either. If they just reached into existing NPCs and just updated their bounties, refreshed the bounties for $10, sure, people would complain about that, but I wouldn't complain about that by saying bounties aren't content. I would say that's a narrow one-dimensional offering. We didn't get a narrow one-dimensional offering. We got an activity. We got a story mission. We got an artifact. We got a season pass. We got two obelisks. We got weapon frames. We got weekly bounties to level up the obelisk with in-game benefits with new mods on armor that we haven't even experimented with. Um, we got new weapons with brand new perks we've never seen before in the history of Destiny like Osmosis and Vorpal and others. So I don't understand how anybody can look at this amount of content and say we only got X number of hours. It isn't worth the $10. Like I, I really genuinely think people are, are grasping to criticize. They're grasping to criticize or as I said yesterday, I think people, not people that are playing devil's advocate in chat are not who I have in mind. I think there are people that have just fallen out of love with Destiny. This is more of Destiny. I think that I think the Sundial is fun. I think it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a new activity, new mechanics, new fights, and there's loot at the end. And we got more of what that that's Destiny. That we got more of Destiny, and we got a lot of slices of Destiny. This is like this is like when you go to like a potluck, and none of the food is a five star restaurant but it's all good food 
and you can get a little of everything. You can get a little green beans, you can get a roll, you can get uh, a nice slice of cake. There's some. There's a cheeseburger. Uh, there's some. Uh, there's some French fries. Like there's all these different things you can grab from. It's not. It's not a five star steak. You know. $60 brand new game restaurant DLC. It's 10 bucks that gives you a bunch of slices of destiny value. And if none of that lands on you, maybe you're just needing to come to the realization that you're not really a fan of destiny anymore. Maybe you've played too much. Maybe you have franchise fatigue. Maybe you need to take a bit of a break because I'm like, gee, many Christmas. This is $10. This is $10. Um, it, it, I don't know. I feel like we got exactly what I, I feel like I got more. I feel like I got more than I, I was like, I was a little worried. I was like, and I think they did the right thing. I think that now hindsight's 2020, right? Hindsight's 2020. I think they did the right thing. If they would have gone into all this detail with the sundial uh, and the obelisks and the grind and the frames and all this, they easily could have shown all this off. I think it would have potentially given people this impression that, oh my gosh, this season's going to be mind-blowingly amazing and deep, and they didn't do that. They said, we're going to let you guys kind of discover this self on your own. So we all got excited. We discovered the ritual weapons in the collection. We got excited when we saw the old-fashioned come back. Now that we're learning how the obelisks were tied to the sundial and in-game benefits, and frame benefits and and loot generosity benefits we're, we're starting to see like oh there's actually a lot here i think they made the right call by not showing us all this stuff on the stream because initially it was confusing and i was kind of concerned i was like man bungie that that was a really light stream you guys barely said anything and then now that we're in the season it's kind of like i kind of see why they did that it makes it seem i guess moving the mouse doesn't count as enough um to to stay in the game i probably have to it's probably that i'm not moving my character um, and the numbers have bounced back. Okay, so we looked at the we looked at the player base numbers after Tuesday, and we were a little worried because they they didn't seem that great. But maintenance always hurts the numbers. Yesterday, one point three million in PVE, one million in Crucible. The numbers are right back up to being a million in each hopper. Like that's I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly what I think they're going for. I think they're going to a let's maintain healthy player base numbers, and I believe that they have done that. Five years into the franchise, they're they're maintaining very very good numbers, and I uh, I don't know. I think like I said, I think the proof will be in the pudding. I said let's look at the player base numbers once there was no maintenance, and yesterday there even was maintenance. There was that there was an hour of maintenance, and they still landed a million in each hopper. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're. I think they're uh, 1.5 million overall when you count duplicate players. Where do you get that, Melmzy? Does Does Destiny Tracker show me overall players, or are you just guesstimating that it's one and a half million? There's a hundred thousand players on right now on PC alone. That's that's so that's 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 so good. That's just PC. A hundred thousand players. Um, oh, Charlemagne bot. Okay, so one and a half million players a day at the end of the week that's probably maybe three to four million unique players because it's not the same one and a half million every single day that is i don't know that's a very healthy player base so i'm going to an extreme based on your argument that bounties are content i'm not arguing that we didn't we got a lot more uh than just bounties but you said bounties are content and season pass gives non-end game content it's an extreme situation bounties could be season pass devil's advocate by the way i again T-Funk, the reason I say bounties are content is because of the way that they're implemented. They didn't just drop bounties in the game for you to go run in a tedious circle of nothing. These bounties are attached to a bigger grind. 
they're attached to the obelisk, which is attached to the sundial, which is attached to the other other obelisk, which is attached to the story, which is attached to the tower obelisk that eventually is going to show up. These bounties are content. I, I I would I would say that they didn't just drop new bounties for the sake of bounties in like Zavala's like hey you can earn new more XP and then that was it like this is tied to a greater uh, a greater degree of content and grind they're not launching in a vacuum they're not siloed off from the rest of the game they don't feel frivolous and pointless I'll give you an example it's not like when you go to spider and I gotta grind the tangled shore for frames right and then I gotta go grind the, 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 the bounties I get from him for the currency and that's all I'm getting I do all of that just for a currency okay this is bounties within a system that is all tied together and that's why I say that the bounties are content because of the way that they're implementing them they're not just they're not just throwing them in the game to give you busy work they're attached to a greater uh, content grind and thrust so uh, a weapon is content and the way we get the weapon is content and all a part of a larger content loop contemptception and bounties are judged by their rewards also yeah yeah you guys are tracking with me I maybe maybe I just was too brash in my response and it sounded like I was just like yeah all bounties are content bounties are content especially in the way they're being implemented not just bounties in a generic sense okay dark seraphin uh, do I think it'll be a little too OP to make weapon mods from the artifact universal I feel like it would make much more interesting for builds and play styles I don't know if Bungie has in mind this idea that maybe eventually the anti-barrier overload unstoppable stuff will maybe eventually be universal weapon mods since they're going to continue using champions as a pain point. Um, I was getting a little frustrated with our team in the sundial earlier. We weren't failing, but we were getting obliterated because half the team wasn't running modifiers, now champion mods. Now they changed and we made some adjustments and it went a little bit smoother, but there was a run that was just, it was just going poorly. And it was like literally three out of six people were not running any modifiers for the champions. And those unstoppable homies will blow you away. They're sitting there bouncing you back and they are tanky. You're going to waste a lot of your heavy ammo on them. Unstoppable makes them take more damage when you stun them. So if they're going to continue, um, you had no access to the mods. Oh, well, we had one one person who didn't even have access to the mods because they had to, they hadn't. I guess you hadn't leveled up the artifact enough. So, if they're going to continue to do that, though, I would consider saying, why not make them a little bit more accessible? Why not let us put them on? Uh, exotic primaries like there's a handful of things about the champion mods at the moment that I do think need addressed I don't think they're game breaking or infuriating but I believe they're they're going to eventually be a little bit of an annoying pain point that doesn't feel necessary uh, the further we get away from each season we're going to start to say you know I would love to just go run this content and run these weapons that I love I got these great roles I got a great maybe you get a great role on the old fashioned well the old fashioned can't do anything this season with the champion mods and that's a bummer you know it'd be fun to try anti-barrier on it it shoots really really fast and I can't do that and so I would be open to saying let's spruce up the artifact with more unique stuff more loadout changing stuff and just throw those anti-barrier unstoppable and overload mods just in the general mod pool I don't think there's any harm from that I don't think that's going to suddenly throw the balance or the power pain points into upheaval Um, I would like to see that Um, they need to not be tied to the artifact I agree with you I think you're seeing it the same way I'm seeing it I I think it's going to eventually over time feel unnecessarily 
uh, restrictive. Um, so, getting uh, emails about the game rewards. Shadow Phoenix says, "How do you feel the obelisks actually compare to the chalice, and which one do you feel is more effective?" I like the obelisks more than the chalice, even more so after looking at Light.gg and seeing how they're all going to play in together. Having weapon frames, there's going to be one on the tower. You upgrade them. There's individual benefits per obelisks. There's individual mods to grind for. There's weapon frames. I absolutely love this system. I think it's such a smart play. It's such good uh, procedural option and. What I mean by procedural option is there's like layers. If you want to grind for the weapons and your homies aren't around, you can go grab a weapon frame. Or if they're around, you can go run the sundial. And it's also going to get more rewarding the more you invest. So end of the season, if you slept on your obelisks and I got all mine maxed out, I'm going to get a ton of stuff from sundial and it's going to be a really rewarding experience and you're not. So... As Bungie said, Artifact is a way to test new mods. They did say that guy with gun, and they also said in an interview at Gamescom that they were entertaining the idea of rotating some of the mods down out of the Artifact and making them permanent. So, But the rewards are meh. That's just completely subjective. I think the rewards are dope. There are brand new weapons. They look cool. They feel cool. They have new perks. There's a brand new grenade launcher archetype that I was using in the sundial that was really, really fun. So saying that the rewards are meh is subjective. And again, if you're a fan of Destiny, I don't know how you look at brand new weapons that look like the saint that like that look like the the perfect paradox aesthetic i don't know how you look at stuff like this and say that they're meh and that they're not worth chasing again if you're a fan of destiny i don't really understand now the linear fusions need help across the board i don't know if linear fusions are worth using even after the buff but that looks freaking awesome and there's some really cool weapons in the mix so if you're a fan of Destiny, I don't know what you're looking for with respect to rewards, but some of these are really dope. I, you know, I, I just... Linear fusions in general as an archetype could afford to probably be moved to the energy slot. Um, but I haven't tested this one out yet, and they brought back Clown Cartridge as well. So you're probably like, what perk is that? Um, so... Rapid hit firing line. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A rapid hit firing line version of this line in the sand linear fusion might be a really, really dope uh, weapon to try out. So again, you know, scouts. Yeah, scouts still need a little bit of help because there is a new scout that looks really, really good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this scout that they added. Uh, they didn't bring back any any old scouts, but man, they added this one here called the patron of the patron of lost causes. It's a 200 RPM, and it just looks mean. Um, I love the aesthetic this season. I think they did a bang up job. I just don't know if scouts. We'll have to wait and see what difficulty spectrum feels like. I don't think you're going to want to run scouts in sundial. Sundial is ridiculously like intense, and I don't feel like scouts have footing in sundial because everything's so close to you. And the content where scouts and pulses are going to probably get their footing would be master level nightfalls because you kind of draw back and play more passive. If you didn't do all the master level nightmare hunts or time trials, there are some areas there where you play a little bit more passive and draw back. But again, I just, I think the new activity, I think Bungie mismatched. I personally think they mismatched. I think last season should have been season of the scout pulse and, and bow 
on the artifact and this season should have been the SMGs and the hand cannons because the sundial activity just doesn't feel like it's built for pulses and bows and scouts it feels like it's built for a rumble which you typically when you're in those close areas you're wanting SMGs and hand cannons and nightmare hunts the the, the, the main activity last time were built for more drawn back content. Now I know somebody's going to respond and be like, well, Vex Offensive was really rambunctious and up close, and that's why SMGs and hand cans were really fun. Well, true, and I guess maybe that's it. Maybe that's a criticism of Bungie's approach here is that maybe the content should flow a little differently. I don't feel like scouts have any footing right now, and they certainly aren't helping scouts get footing with the sundial activity. Um, at the very least, during Shadow Keep, the nightmare hunts when you ratcheted up the difficulty definitely were nice to play ranged. I was using Ariana's Vow, my teammates were using Izanagi's, we were definitely playing more ranged, and I think Pulses and Scouts would have at least, last season, gotten some footing in Nightmare Hunts. I'm worried they're not going to get a whole lot of footing right now. Whenever I'm running a Pulse, I I don't like it. I don't enjoy using a Pulse in the Sundial, because everything's so freaking close. I would really, really prefer to run uh, and and auto... Well, you know what? I could probably try an auto-rifle. I, I, I could consider running an auto rifle because the auto rifles can run um, they can run anti-barrier can't they because it's a it's it's a it's a it's a yeah no they can only run overload they can't run anti-barrier isn't the anti-barrier like rifle rifle classes like pulses and scouts um, I don't know if you can run can you run it I don't think you can nope yeah you can't um <sighs> Close range? You mean Ariana's close range anti-barrier? I played long range with my Ariana's. Maybe I misspoke when I initially said it. Um, yeah, bows, scouts, and pulses. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I think that might start to bother somebody. I think, but I think that might start to bother some people about the way they structure that, mainly because the sundial activity doesn't feel like you're going in there with scouts and pulses I mean they're literally making you stand on a circle and defend against an onslaught of cabal it just doesn't seem like it's built for bows scouts and pulses so oh it's good for the activity oh I guess you could run Ariana's in 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 the sundial that is true but it's hard one of the main reasons the Ariana's is so good is when you can consistently hit crits it's harder to hit crits with that that fire rate when they're really, really close. It's easier to rhythmically hit those crits when they're a little bit further away. That's at least my experience. Uh, Jinja 300. Do you think Bungie made the time-loss weapon frames and the obelisk as an alternative way to grind the new weapons to prevent players from getting burned out on the sundial? Yes, I do. And I also, as I said a little bit ago, it's also a nice alternative. Once all your obelisks are all the way leveled up, you're going to need to be doing something with that currency anyway. So you can start double dipping, right? So... These objectives are random, but you could start coming here because think about it. When you're doing the milestone, you're getting a hundred. So you're getting 300 a week if you're engaging with the sundial. And if all your obelisks are all the way leveled up, you could be getting 300 there. You get a hundred from each of these. So that's eight total. Once all the obelisks are unlocked, that's 200 per obelisk. So that's 800 plus the 300. If you're doing your milestones, that's 1100. That's a lot of freaking frames that you can buy. Now there could be other things down the road that we need that for. There could be something with the obelisk in the tower that we're going to want more of it for or something. But I would think eventually, I would think eventually you're probably going to think about that. You're going to say, oh, you know what? We could, you know, we could double dip and buy the frames and then go run the sundial and get even more rewards by the time that we're done. 
Ariana's Val makes targets weaker to kinetic after shield break. Yeah, that'd be another reason to run Ariana's in the new sundial activity because there's a lot of solar shields in there. Um, Nova hands. Hey, Lono, what are your thoughts on Bungie removing oppressive darkness from the artifact this season? Was it too easy and too powerful? I like the change up. I don't feel like I have to run a void subclass, and I think that's probably a good change. Solar's definitely the thrust. I'm kind of back to running my Well of Radiance. I don't really know what I want to use on the Titan yet, although it did seem like the it did seem like the Titan's updated super um, could could stun lock the boss in Sundial, and the boss likes to go immune. And it seemed when one of our homies was using uh, the Burning Maul on the boss, the boss couldn't go immune, and that could come in handy if you're wanting to burn that, that boss down quickly and not have to deal with immunity phases. Gus the Fuss. With these seasonal content drops being lighter in content, do you think next September's BL- big DLC will be taking King Forsaken size, or they're currently working on DLC D3? Next season, I'm um, sorry, next September, this is my prediction. I believe next September will be the Taken Queen, and the Dreadnought will essentially be your moon, right? You'll get a, you'll get a, re, you'll get a rejuvenation of the Dreadnought, and Savathun's going to show up, and it'll be some, it, you know, maybe they won't call it the Taken Queen, but that's what I'm going to call it for now. I believe that's what we're going to get. It'll be similar in size to Shadow Keep. They will bring back the Dreadnought instead of the Moon, and then that'll be, and there'll be a raid, and then there'll be another uh, winter, spring, summer a la carte season delivery, and then that'll give them enough time to deliver Destiny Three in 2021. Uh, so next year, we'll, we we will be getting another another injection of a bring back the dreadnought now the reason i'm really confident the dreadnought will be the september location next year is we know they had plans to go back to the dreadnought luke smith indicated that the post the post end game scene where the light of the traveler it hits mercury then mars then the reef then the dreadnought he said that was the order of the dlc mercury came first then mars then the reef was forsaken and then the Dreadnought was next. Dreadnought got bumped in the order and the moon came back with Shadowkeep. So I believe they wanted to bump the Dreadnought because they've been they've been hinting at this this ongoing narrative with Savathun. They've been hinting at that and they hinted at it even more with Shadowkeep and Eris. And I think that that's what their plan is, is to use the Dreadnought as the big send-off because they said the summer is going to be like No Time in Destiny. I believe the summer is going to be the big sort of bring all the threads together and have this sort of we all need to unite to work against Savathun because once she's out of the way, then we got to deal with the pyramid ships. I believe the pyramid ships are going to stay out in the distance as an incoming threat for Destiny 3 and Destiny 2's final bow tying thread will be Savathun. I believe Aldrin will probably make a return at that point because he's been kind of out of the picture. Um, so that's just my thought. Aldrin's going to come back and help us because he knows stuff. He's a, maybe he doesn't know stuff because he's a guardian now. He got raised, you know, raised by a ghost. So that's that's what I think they're gonna do um, I thought they were gonna do that this September but it got bumped they decided to do the moon for whatever reason maybe they had a team working on the moon and they got it in a timeline that worked and they said it'd be better to save the dreadnought for the final kickoff send-off for the last year of destiny 2 because uh, everybody thinks fondly on the era of the dreadnought and the taken king and if they could rejuvenate the community 
they will bring back they'll, they'll they'll pull out all the stops by the way if this is the final year of d2 2020 into 21 if i'm right if 2020 september is the lead of the final year of destiny 2 i believe they'll bring back the dreadnought they'll bring back the Galahorn, um and they'll bring back that they might even bring back oryx because there's been some lore indicating that the high believe they can bring him back so they'll they'll really really crank up the nostalgia because i feel like overall the fans of destiny not the not the whiners but the, the the people that whine about everything i believe the fans and the people that are still playing and the people that responded in a positive way really enjoyed the nostalgic return to the moon i believe the the people that they're making destiny for now enjoyed the moon i really do i i I don't think it was a flop i don't think it was a reskin disaster i think the player base numbers you know resonate with what i'm saying they're very healthy multiple months after shadow keep launched i don't think new light players are padding the numbers that much i really don't I think New Light helped. I think New Light grew the player base, but I don't think two months after Shadow Keep and New Light launched, we have this massive padding of the numbers every day from from New Light free to play players. I really don't think so. I do think Shadow Keep was a success, and I think they were doing that as like a let's see what people think of doing that. Let's see how it goes, and then they're going to do something on um, on the Dreadnought. Think of the structure of Shadow Keep and how well that would work on the Dreadnought. Okay. They had nightmares. We could have taken we could have taken bosses that have been brought back and are being used by Savathun. And instead of running nightmare hunts, we would run you know taken taken champion hunts or something. Champion's not a word we can really use anymore because of the champion modifier. But you would click on it and it would be a taken Volus to Ark, or it would be a taken you know somebody somebody infamous from D one. And then we would go and run a short mission on the Dreadnought, just like the nightmare hunts, and we would go kill a taken nightmare-esque thing they built really good structure with shadow keep that would work really really well for a dreadnought repurposing you know season year year four kickoff um so shield brothers you know shield brothers sounds like reskin don't freaking play it i will and i'll have a blast and you can sit on the sidelines i don't give a frick i i really don't i really enjoyed shadow keep and the nightmare hunts i thought they were great you could have ripped all the bosses out of Nightmare Hunts and you could put brand new bosses in those rooms. So you could have said, nope, it's not Omnigol, it's somebody else, it's some other wizard. It's not Fogoth, it's some other it's some other ogre. And it wouldn't have mattered, alright? It wouldn't have changed the fights. Like, their little name placard changing and their appearance changing wouldn't have changed the experience. Nightmare Hunts were enjoyable. I thought the mechanics in the boss fights were bad and needed adjustment because the immunity phases were kind of stupid. But in general, I don't think changing their names and their appearances would have done anything different. If anything, I think they're slightly more enjoyable because it's somebody that we're familiar with. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Tanix. Oh my gosh, it's Skolas. Um, you know, I, I think that adds more depth to like the whoa, yeah, like a taken version of a la cool or the shield brothers. I think it would be really, really exciting, you know, but I enjoyed shadow keep, but I think doing it again would be, I, I don't know. I think the dreadnought is a really, 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 really loved era of destiny. I do. I think more people would like it than would poo poo it shadow Phoenix. 
If the next season is anything like this one, do you think they may add something Obelisk Chalice-like to EP? I believe Escalation Protocol will play a part in the spring season. I believe Mars will be part of that season and the focus. I believe Anna Bray will also be a part of that and the focus in the season. Maybe even um, finally bringing back uh, Rasputin. We don't know what the frick he's doing. He basically claims to be like a god that doesn't answer to us anymore. And they may want to continue that storyline a little bit further. He may be getting concerned because of the triangle ships, the discovery of a triangle ship, uh, Eris... I don't know, absorb the power of that triangle, like, statue, ship, lady, person. I don't know what the frick that was all about. Um, So, Mars, Rasputin, and Escalation Protocol will likely be a part and a thread of next season, and I welcome that. I would be, it would be great. We're seeing Forge weapons come back this season. Three, right? The Jack Queen King, uh, the Pulse Rifle, the the Pariah, and and then the Sidearm all came back. Well, that's three weapons. There's three Escalation Protocol weapons. I would even really, really plead with them to include the Icolos Hand Cannon and give us four. Bring those back with random rolls the same way these Forge weapons are coming back as a free side piece activity to complement the main new activity. I think it'd be a really, really smart play. Listen, I know people get tired of telling me me tired of me saying things like I predicted this but I said I think the next annual pass I said this last year I said the next annual pass a really smart move would be to comb through the old DLCs comb through those old weapon pools and rejuvenate them and they're doing it like they're combing back through Curse of Osiris you know revisiting those areas and bringing some of those weapons back and I could see them doing the exact same thing with Mars Mars would be up next and then after that you got the Tangled Shore and you got the Dreaming City because now you're two years away from that DLC like two years later going back and revisiting now the big the big challenge that they would have the big challenge that they would have is if we go from if we go from here to Mars to who knows where? Well, Shadowkeep and the Dreaming City and Blindwell and all those activities, they had random rolls already. All those guns are already current. The reason that Mars and Warmind and Curse work for this rejuvenation is because they were static roll and they're bad and now they're good, right? They weren't really worth chasing or using anymore. So Mars and Warmind can get that treatment. You can't really do that with the Dreaming City and uh, the Tangled Shore. Now keep in mind, Bungie said that the summer is going to be like no other time in Destiny. Well, that's when they're running out of repurposing material like they can repurpose stuff from Mars and Mercury and Curse and Warmind because that's from another era that's from the Static Roll era but once they are done with that they're out of road they can't repurpose anything anymore I mean they could they could definitely repurpose the Dreaming City and Blind Well and give us some intentional grinds there but those weapons cannot be repurposed I mean they already are they already are contextual to where we are now and when we're going to get to that point where they run out of road, they have told us that it's going to be like no other time in Destiny. So I would think something pretty significant is going to happen with the loot pool, the grind, or or something in the summer. And that'll be a great lead into September and whatever they have planned for September of 2020. So um, I think by that time, there'll have been enough new perks added. It may make it exciting to play blind well again. I mean, they could do that. I would only say that might get a little confusing, Dave, because it's like, well, which version are you going for of the Tiger Spite or whatever that one was called or the the hand cannon? Like, um, 
I don't know the retold tale and some of the other weapons from back then it, it would be a little confusing right now it's very clear it's like oh that's a random roll Uriel's that's a random roll old-fashioned like it's there's no there's a clear distinction but between the two updating the perks I don't know now Maybe it'll be a summer of raids. I was just going to say that. Krusty the Bear put summer of raids in chat. Maybe the thing we've been talking about all this time, contest modifier and random rolls on Leviathan weapons, Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars, right? All of a sudden, contest modifiers active in that raid and those raid layers. You can put contest modifier on the, the, the Last Wish. You can put contest modifier on Scourge, on Crown of Sorrow, and all of a sudden do something with those loot pools or something. I don't know. I don't know. There's a possibility there. The only raid with static rolls is Leviathan and then Eater and Spire. And Eater and Spire only have two guns apiece. So, um, Mechanibus says, based on your experience, which weapons are the best to farm, at least this week? I think I heard you mention the solar grenade launcher earlier. This grenade launcher is really, really fun. Martyr's Retribution is a brand new weapon type that's not in the game anywhere else. It's called a wave frame grenade launcher. It actually hits the ground and it causes a wave of energy. So you know when the, the the Titan throws down their grenade and it like goes across the ground? Was that a thermite grenade? It basically does that one time. And I got news for you. This thing is really, really fun in the sundial because there's solar shields everywhere. You put this on the ground. It's great for crowd control. I was putting it on the ground. I was getting three or four enemies at a time. It's really, really fun. And a lot of the times you're standing, it's useful because you're standing and two or three enemies come around the corner. Boom, you put it on the ground. Vroom, they all go flying up in the air. It's really, really nice. I was running this with uh, Phoenix Protocol and it was great. I was getting lots of kills while standing in my well and it was really feeding my uh, my next well of radiance. It's really, really nice. And with the solar shields, it's really strong. Those guys comes out with solar shields, it pops their shield and takes them to like half health sometimes. It really, really hurts them because they kind of get stunned and stand there and it like does a little extra damage in the aftermath. Really, 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 really fun weapon. Um, the auto rifle is also really, really fun. It can get Vorpal on it. It can get, uh, it can get a handful of things. I think the auto rifle is really fun. Oh, the auto rifle can get, um osmosis on it and that makes it fun I don't know how useful osmosis is going to be but it certainly is fun that you can throw a grenade and suddenly turn this kinetic into an energy weapon and you can run basically then all three elements that's something that I really really miss and I'm glad they're bringing it back if you run this with osmosis and you throw that grenade and you have all three elements you're going to quickly see that giving us the ability to carry three elements like having solar void and arc on all of your weapons you're going to quickly see that everybody that pushed back on me and said that would be too strong and that would be overpowered you're going to quickly see that they're wrong it's fun and it's nice and it brings back that D1 feel but I think it's proof positive they can bring back elemental primaries so we can run all three elements and then osmosis would still be useful because then you could have a gun that could basically have two elements it could have its default element of like arc and if you're running a solar subclass you could change it to solar on the fly that would be really really cool And I think that would still make Osmosis a a, a worthy and good perk if they brought back true elemental primaries. But again, I think you're going to quickly see 
that everyone's been claiming like, oh, that's too strong, that's too strong. I don't think that they're right, and I think you can prove that just by running it. Uh, the breach light, I'm being told, is a really great sidearm, and apparently sidearms are really, really strong right now, and you can get the breach light to roll with some pretty good rolls. Uh, it can roll osmosis as well, um, So and it and it looks cool. So there, there, I would say the grenade launcher and the auto rifle are fun. The, the linear fusion, apparently, I have one. Apparently, you can get it to roll with uh, rapid hit, and uh, firing line so this has the potential to be a worthy uh, you know DPS option I just I worry about linear fusions not being great unless you can land the crits so in the sundial it's got a couple things working against it it's arc uh, now that may change week to week with the bosses but for now arc's not really helpful in there and you gotta hit crits and the boss this week is he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a pain like you just kind of want to spam him with grenades and explosives and stuff I was trying to hit him with my swarm and I was missing because he moves around a lot uh, so this might be tough to use right now uh, on this week's boss week to week maybe this could maybe this thing could get some footing but firing line rapid hit is an is a nice roll um, and that's one of the options you could get. So I think even just this week with the four weapons they've introduced, there's there's plenty uh, there's plenty of worthy things uh, to grind for. Bless Binky says, what order would you recommend leveling up the obelisks? I would start with Mars because this one right here, when I get it to level eleven, it says permanently increases the capacity of simultaneous sundial links. Okay, well week one there's only two sundials. I'm sorry, there's only two obelisks. And guess what? If you're playing a reasonable amount, you're going to get that exact same perk here at level 12 on your season pass. So, you can have both sundials active whenever you finish. I'm sorry, you can have both obelisks active when you finish the sundial. If you get that far on Mars, it allows you to get two rewards at the end of the sundial, which is more in sync with the level 11 season pass. Now, this is going to help me next week because I'll be able to have three obelisks linked up to the sundial so that'll be nice but this one is definitely not needed week one so I would focus on Mars Um, don't worry you don't need to level up the resonance to activate this part of it so if you want the breach light or the steel feather repeater you don't need to level this up if you're going to do all these bounties and cash in all your triumphs and level something up to level 11 this first week I think Mars is the right call Levitate Green. Do you think they should have added more bounties for Sundial? Unless I miss them, I haven't seen any. They'd be something similar to how they have weekly, daily, and repeatables. Let's wait until Saint-14 shows up, because he's apparently an NPC, so we don't really know. He may have something for us to do in there. We'll have to wait. I don't know. I, I, I That's likely uh, a possibility. Uh, toxic uh, Toxic Kamasutra. <laughs> ah, uh, originally, I was thinking they put the Chalice... Uh, type item for all area content to help players build up for raids, dungeons, and game content. Additionally, one for the next Solstice as well to reattain previous weapons that have left for a chance to drop. Uh, that's not a question. I don't know. That is whatever. I'm skipping it. Write a question, or you're getting skipped. Ginger 300. With all these new perks, do you think that Bungie is trying to branch out from damage reload perks? I really, really hope that they are. I went on a really long speech yesterday in my Q&A session about utility. And I would say this type, this waveframe, has nice utility. It's good for crowd control. It's not damage-based. Um damage based stuff I think is is very very limiting 
Uh, that's why I think osmosis is going to be a really popular perk. It has a utility. I want to pop shields. If you go down the road of damage perks, that's when PvP starts to run into problems. So I think they need to focus way more on utility perks, blinding grenades on the Wendigo, and champion modifiers and things like that, I think, are a better direction because now you're thinking like a min-maxer and an RPG player and not thinking like a brute. What's the strongest thing? What's the most damage? Grunt, grunt, grunt. Hulk smash. Like, that's why Rampage was all anybody cared about. Number one, it had insane, you know, power creep because it got really, really high. Uh, the, the, The damage buff from Rampage was absurd, and they lowered that. And there weren't any other perks that you felt a need for. So Bungie did two things at the same time that I think was really, really smart. They're adding perks that have utility, and they're putting us in environments where you're not just thinking so one-dimensionally. You just That's a one-dimensional thought process, which is why so many of us set our sights on damage perks and said they needed to go away. Slayer Rage, Datto, myself. We were all saying, you know, damage-focused perks, damage perks just need to go away. Because it's, 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 it's such a basic decision. Why would you ever not use Rampage before they nerfed it? it the, the damage buff was in, uh, uh, absurd. Um, and it, in now that they've added Spectrum and Difficulty Spectrum and Mechanics and Champions and all these different things, now there's room. Because before Wendigo, I was like, what do I need blinding nades for? Why? There was no content that put that pressure on me to make me think like that. If you create content that puts that unique style of pressure and difficulty, that's when utility starts to matter the most. El Pinto Loco says, Do you think this activity is good enough for the community to mourn the fact that it will be going away at the end of the season? Um, yeah, I think this is going to be the one that will probably receive the most complaint about that. Nobody really complained about Vex Offensive going away, and I, I think that the Undying Mind really ratcheted up that lack of care if people were sort of shrug shouldered about Vex Offensive going away they got even more shrug shouldered when the, the Undying Mind showed up because nothing happened so um, I would say that this this one being that it's Menagerie and it's fu- it, I think it's fun I think it's it's gonna with it rotating each week too it's always gonna feel you know fresh because you got the different timelines you got the different bosses you got you you literally pick your guns at the end. I think people are gonna like that too. They don't they're not gonna wanna have to like I gotta go grab a Vex offensive frame and go get a bunch of kills with it, and then I can get the gun at the end. Like they don't have to do that initially. So I think this is gonna re- I think this one's going to draw more complaints than the last. Pharaoh says, Have you tried the buff Xeno? I just realized that the Xeno might be really good in Sundial. I saw your question before I scrolled down to it. Um, Number one, it's solar. Uh, It's great on majors, and it might be really good for the boss at the end. I don't know, because it's it's difficult to land consistent crits on him. So I bet you the Xeno is really good in Sundial. Um, It's probably going to hit a lot of markers uh, for helping. Running that with that new grenade launcher might be like a really fun combo. Um, Yeah. I could see that being really, really useful. And then you could run an Osmosis auto rifle. They one-phase Callus with it. 
I mean, Callus is kind of a joke. You can one phase him with almost anything. You just need stacks of force of will, right? Uh, Mr. Viz Nasty, will all this stuff go away after this season or will the obelisks be around? Obelisks and Sundial are going to go away, just like Vex Invasions and Vex Offensive went away. You got your, your companion thing, obelisks, Vex Invasions, and then you got your 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 actual activity, which is Sundial, and it was Vex Offensive. So yeah, it's going away. Bertov, what do you think about the criticism that the game continues to get uh, after each content drop, big or small? I feel like a lot of just people, we all know a lot of them uh, are being serious. I continue to say, if they're not just trolling and hating, I do believe a lot of people don't enjoy Destiny anymore. It can't reinvent itself. They can't, people that are like, it's just boring or I'm sick of doing the same thing, same enemies, same basic mechanics, same basic fights. They just don't enjoy Destiny anymore. It's like Diablo 3, right? They do their seasons, they do their way gates, they do all that stuff. If you don't enjoy the dungeon crawling, the the going in and fighting stuff and, and getting drops and using your abilities and all that of an isometric dungeon crawler, then Diablo can't reinvent itself every season. They give you more Diablo, right? And Destiny's in a similar spot. They can't reinvent themselves five years in. So yeah, the activities are going to feel a little samey. The enemies and the boss fights and the mechanics are going to feel a little samey. But listen, there's a boss fight in the Sundial that basically has the Hammer of Dawn from Gears of War in it. So anybody who's like, it's always the same. It's always no, actually, it's not. You take his shield down and then you low you hit him with the bomb at the right time. You got to wait, you know, wait till he's kind of like standing still. And the freaking hammer of dawn comes from the sky and kills him. Like I that's that is cool. Like I don't know, like I I think that uh again, a lot of people I think have either gotten to the point where they've played too much and they have franchise fatigue or they just don't really like Destiny anymore. We've had people come in and say things that I don't think they think about what they're saying. We had a guy say, this game and, and Bungie have sucked since Taken, have Taken King. Well, then why are you paying any attention to them? When did Taken King come out? 2015? What was that, like four years ago? Like, how dumb are you? Like, why are you even paying attention then? It's been four years. So four years ago, you think they peaked? Then why are you paying attention? Like... I don't know. I don't enjoy Call of Duty anymore. I don't pay attention to Call of Duty. I don't go to Call of Duty streams, forums, Twitter threads, or Reddit threads to talk about how I don't like Call of Duty. I just stopped playing because I got franchise fatigue. I think because this game is so and was so enjoyable for these people, I think it frustrates them that they can't get it get get that from it anymore. They can't get that they can't get that dopamine hit. And they're mad. It's like, I wasn't getting that dopamine hit anymore from Call of Duty. I wasn't enjoying myself, so I walked away. And, but I don't have this crazy fond memory of playing Call of Duty with my friends. I mean, I do, but I don't. It was tilting. I got salty. It was frustrating. It's very, it was very dichotomous, right? You, you either win or you lose in Call of Duty. That's it. But Destiny does something to you. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, it was my hobby. I play with my friends. I raided every week. I was grinding for exotics. And they love that. And I think some people are coming back and they just, they can't get that satisfaction and that hit from it anymore. And instead of saying, 
Maybe I played too much. Maybe I need to take a break. Maybe it's maybe I just don't like the game that much anymore. Maybe my expectations are unrealistic. Whatever the case may be. But I, I, I just can't table people that are like, the game sucks, Bungie's lazy, Bungie's greedy. It's just, I, there are so many things standing in the way of that criticism getting any traction. I, I just continue to say, if you think this is lazy, cheap, or not enough, or not good, or it's it's thin and not satisfying, take $10 and go shop in Steam and try to find something that will give you this many hours of enjoyment and playtime. Maybe not enjoyment, because maybe you don't like it anymore, but you're going to be hard-pressed to spend $10 in Steam and find something that gives you what you get what you get out of this game so it's not lazy it's misguided well that's your opinion a million and a half players a day uh are really making it hard for you to claim it's misguided they seem to be doing very well as a franchise so again you don't like it then you play something else but five years in it's more destiny grindable activity intentional grind more story more loot more leveling i i don't know it's more destiny. It's it's uh it's what fans of destiny I think are most of the time looking for. So you're allowed to not like it, you know, but to always act like it's the game's fault or the game has failed you in some way. I just think sometimes you have to admit the fact that maybe it's not your cup of tea anymore. Maybe you've just acquired different tastes or expectations. Um we've had some subs come in that just did not get get called out. 5 months from Melmsy Peaches are cool with a brand new Prime sub in three months from Juggernaut. Thank you. Um, uh, I play, but I can voice my opinion that the direction they are moving is not what I feel will be sustainable. Right, but saying that the game is, but saying they're misguided is is to claim something as fact. Like you're like, oh, it's just misguided. Well, I, I, I think it's if it's misguided, you would see evidence in player base numbers or revenue or profit going down, and that doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, Karma Policeman, you've called for being able to rerun raids each week for non-pinnacle random rolls. I forget, was that a thing at the end of Destiny One? No, it wasn't. No, no, the the Age of Triumph. It was a different raid each week, but you could still only run it once per character for drops. Wrath of the Machine was its own animal. Wrath of the Machine could be run four, five, six, seven. I think by the time you got to your eighth run, you were no longer getting the currency. But there was a Siva Fragment currency that could be used for the extra chests each draw, each boss fight and re-rolling your armor. So that currency um, was always kind of there for you, uh, even beyond your three runs. I do think the currency stopped dropping on your 7th or 8th run maybe I th- I think so uh, Dark Seraphim do you think increasing the planetary resource amounts from bounties and making that a currency to buy frames for weapons viable it may give us a reason to grind the new random rolls on weapons yeah I touched on this I think I think it would be way way more capital would be gotten from bringing back the old fashioned and having it being a frame at Devrim as opposed to just being in the giant freaking whirlpool and it, like we're going to end the season and like a handful of people that you know are going to have good rolls on the old fashioned and then that's it I don't think you get a lot of capital out of the gun why bother testing it tweaking it bringing it back just to have it be landing the game that way if you're going to do all that work 
throw it somewhere as a frame Zavala, Shaq, something I, yeah, I, I think they would get way more capital out of it Wishwash are we thinking that both Obelisks and Sundial going away at the end of the season yes, that is that is the way it's going to work, yes I know it's a new formula with seasonal content but would feel weird for all activities to go away well, Vex Invasions and Vex Offensive went away, this is a similar scenario um, this, this is attached to the Sundial Everything you're doing here is sundial related. All of it. These frames, I mean, I could see the obelisk sticking around just so you could continue to grind the frames. So maybe Bungie says they're going to stick around and this down here disappears because the sundial's gone. But A, if you want to go to those planets and grind for the f- grind for the polarized fractaline so you can keep grinding for the weapons that might be a way of keeping those weapons in the game because they did say that eventually weapons would come back in and be grindable somewhere so the Vex defensive weapons will eventually get looped back in in some way they might not have to do that if you just leave these stations at all the planets or better yet from what we can tell the obelisk in the tower you can get all of the frames from the obelisk in the tower so maybe all these obelisks disappear on the planets and the one in the tower just stays there so you can go to the tower grab the frames you want even after the season ends so if you didn't get the roll you wanted on the breach light you can keep going um obelisk frames are for people who didn't purchase the season so you can get a breach light even if you don't Oh, right there, it says expires at the end of Season 9. So yeah, they, they're probably going to be doing something with them. Um, they're probably going to be doing something with them. That link doesn't work. Let me click on it. Yep, it sure does. It worked for me. KJ the Knight. What do you think the chances are of the uh, Secret Exotic this season? If so, would you prefer a reprise D1 or which one? I noticed an unknown in the badge list for the Season of Dawn. Seems that there is an exotic that would go in that list. Um, yeah, and somebody, somebody found, uh, somebody found something. It's a, it's a fallen transponder. Somebody found that. And there does seem to be something here and it's grayed out. I think the, um, yeah, the devil's ruins already in here that, that, that we're going to go for. So the devil's ruins there and there's a kinetic that's just, there's a spot for it. Um, there's a kinetic fusion. Oh yeah, there is. There's that fusion on the on the on the. It's the bastion. Okay, so that's probably for the bastion. Okay, so ignore me. Yep, I misread. I forgot about the bastion. So um, yeah, I don't know. I thought last season was the perfect time to bring back the Vex Mythoclass because of all the Vex theme. Um, we'll have to wait and see. If it's a fallen transponder, I. Outbreak Perfected, Outbreak Prime didn't really feel like a fallen weapon to me. I mean, Wrath of the Machine was fallen-esque because of SIVA. Um, so I don't know what fallen weapons we would even look to. Um, there were no other really exotics associated with fallen, were there? Um, fallen transponders for the SIVA gun. Apparently there's another there's another one in the in the in the database now. There's another transponder is what someone said. Now they may have been wrong. Yeah, Dreg's promise. Yeah, maybe. Lord of Wolves we already have, but Dreg's promise, I forgot about that. Um uh, Bungie artists recently remodeled the no time to explain. 
Yeah, but we kind of had that last season, but covered in the in the in the leaves because the no time to explain archetype basically showed up during Curse of Osiris and then got reskinned last season. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. MW2 Killer, do you think Legend and Master Nightfall should increase ten light levels to keep them from being too easy next season? If since each physical is gonna be nine eighty, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what they're thinking here. I, th- th- this is. I feel like they did a little bit of their parallel development because they developed the, they developed the, there's a normal and a hard mode of the sundial, which does it even list what the sundial is? Does it say anything? Cause they said legend is launching in a month. It doesn't say anything. If I click this, it just says sundial recommended power 850. So that doesn't say adept hero it doesn't say anything but it says 850 which is weird because if i go to nightmare hunts or what's what's nightfalls there is no 850 there's a 750 and then a 920 you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know i'm not saying they made a mistake it just is i would say it's confusing there's no 850 here either there's an 860 i i don't know um they're not changing the nightfall, the nightmares to help fill in uh, the fill the hopper for casuals. I don't think it needs changed, but I think there would have been, um, I think there would have been a benefit to consolidating the difficulty spectrum. Just go with hero and legend, um, normal and hard. You know what I'm saying? Consolidate the matchmaking for the lower level stuff so more people are in that hopper for matchmaking and then consolidate the top so we just have one version to run. Like, I thought they were going to do that. I don't know. Um, uh, so, I I think they could have easily done that. I don't know what they'll do next season. I also thought that would be more helpful if you have normal and hard. Hard mode can bump each season by, by 10. Um, and that doesn't really hurt anybody. Because anybody running hard in the present season is going to be ready to do a new grind next season to be ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you're going to get left behind. And the artifact's there to make up the difference if you can't. It's likely 860 because that's what's decided in the max in the story mode. Dreamsbane gear at the end. Yeah, maybe. Like with the menagerie, the hard mode won't be match made. It'll likely have a separate node on Mercury. Yeah, that's possible too. I don't know. It fe- again, it feels like a little bit of that parallel development where they developed a bunch of stuff for Shadow Keep and a bunch of difficulty spectrums, and the sundial was already in the hopper and being built as a normal and a hard mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, because maybe when they started building the sundial, they clearly took inspiration from Menagerie, and Menagerie had normal and hard. So the spectrum and the scaffolding was already established normal, hard, normal, hard. And while they're doing that, the other guys are coming behind and saying, we need a global, you know, shift in difficulty spectrum. We want four difficulties for nightfalls and four difficulties for nightmare hunts. And now there's a dissonance in the game. It's like there's, there's not, it, it, it's just, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it just seems odd. Um, and again, this one, this one came up too. There's a triumph that you have to kill a legendary scion on legend difficulty or higher. I don't know if that's just generic language that got thrown in there a long time ago because they were thinking they might do harder difficulties and they couldn't change it or they have plans to do something higher than legend. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, dad, not good. 
how are obelisks working with new light players uh they're here as a free active as a free grind and a free thing they don't have to own the dlc i don't know if they can get the teal bounties that's probably why this bounty is here i would think can a free-to-play player can a new light player get the steel feather repeater i don't think so that would be odd it even has the little icon on it in the triumphs i'm sorry in the collections that's a that's a that's a season of dawn weapon you can only get the purple right that's a smart play Uh, they can come here and grind it they can get this stuff and then get this gun and they see this probably grayed out as like a "Mm, man if i would just buy the season pass i would get more stuff it's the same idea it's the same idea behind coming here all the time and cashing in on what they've earned on the top rung and seeing all this stuff on the bottom rung and wanting it you know i think it's a smart move by bungie to constantly give the free to play players something to do that's also reminding them there's more if they want to spend money it's a really smart play i i as from a business standpoint i think it's i think it's good are you sure new light gets the new armor Oh yeah, the mods are probably not available either. Oh, you're talking about something else. Jinja 300. What if the last season of this year we go back to the Dreaming City and we break the curse to lure out Savathun? That would run right into September idea that I have with Savathun and the Dreadnought. Maybe she wants the Dreaming City for herself or she wants to take up residence there and what we do forces her to go to the Dreadnought instead or something. I don't know. Um, Krusty the Bear what are some ways Bungie could revamp swords through the seasons barrier unstoppable easiest thing to do with swords right now is turn them into energy weapons lower their power and they'd be perfect they would be a gut busting you know shotgun replacer that could then have knockback swords bleeding swords blinding swords uh, all kind of things that you could make them have utility so they're great at that mid-range shield popping gut busting but they um but they could also have like abilities like knocking back and stuff um they just don't make sense as a power weapon you know now maybe we're sleeping on them I don't know if you guys remember, but swords were great against the Scions because it's hard to hit crits on them. They're moving around a lot. Maybe six people just sorting the frick out of the Scions at the end of the Sundial is a smart strategy. I don't know. Swords are swords are better than they used to be, but I just think they should be an energy weapon. At the present time, swords just do not make sense as a power weapon. At their inception, when they introduced swords in Destiny 1, you got legendaries that nobody really used, and then people used the exotic ones because Ray's lighter and dark drinker people loved them for particular reasons now if rather the machine would have never launched dark drinker would have been a very very low used weapon people liked it but it wouldn't been a high use weapon Ray's lighter was a high use weapon people liked it it's animation it, it's it, it felt really really strong um so We'll just have to wait and see. Maybe we should do some experimenting with swords in the sundial because it is a bit of a rumble. Everything's kind of on top of you. So maybe I'm sleeping on swords. You know, maybe maybe swords maybe swords do have a lot of play in the sundial. Maybe that's my fault for not trying them out because I have a good one from um, I have a good one with surrounded from the uh, era of the black uh, black armory. Red alert. 
Do you think uh, over Destiny 2's life cycle, they will bring only a select of the year one weapons up? Yeah, I think they're just doing a select. I don't think their plan is to do all of them. The Joe Average. Of all the raids, which is your favorite, which is your least favorite, and why? Wrath of the Machine is the best raid they've ever built um, because there are layers of value there that the other raids don't have. The extra chests, uh, the internal currency, the reason to grind more than three times a week, the unique synergistic perks on the guns, the really, really helpful mods on the uh, on the armor, the ability to re-roll the armor with the internal currency. Rather, the machine is has so many value points that the rest of the raids do not. You could take those value points from Wrath, add them to any raid, and you would automatically make that raid better. You could take the value point, imagine an internal currency in Garden of Salvation, an extra chest, and re-rolling the affinity of the armor. All of a sudden, Garden of Salvation would be one of the one of the better, you know, raids in Destiny, but it's just another run it three times and give up kind of situation, which now that we're into another season, no one gives a frick about Garden. Um so in, in anytime you compare value of a Destiny 2 raid to Wrath, Wrath just absolutely obliterates it. Compare the weapons, can't compete. Wrath weapons were more unique. Even if they weren't top shelf, best in class, they were more unique. The synergistic perks made them far more unique and far more appealing because you couldn't get them anywhere else. Almost every raid weapon in existence in Destiny 2 can can have its match in another another place. It, it's kind of like when King's Fall came out and all the primaries were out outdone by Hung Jury, you know? Um, so, I would say um, it is a great place for pinnacles, that's true, but, but again, we're not going in there for loot. You're not going in there for loot anymore. I mean, we just aren't. Uh, and that's I think that's a shame. Um, so, so, that's why I pick Wrath. My least favorite is Leviathan because Leviathan is a game show and I don't find it very satisfying. I think Leviathan is the 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 prime example of Destiny 2's bad raid philosophy, which is no one can mess up. It's a freaking relay race and the revive the revive timer. I think Le- Leviathan has all the bad philosophy banging on all cylinders. Um it's like all the good philosophy from D1 raids vanish into thin air. No clutching, uh, no hero moments, no specialized roles. Uh, you know the revive tokens and the revive timer. It just there are so many things about Levy that I think make it my my least favorite raid. You can like it if you want. Um, there's so many things about Leviathan that just I think is is so unenjoyable, and it is one of the prettiest raids they've ever designed. It is absolutely beautiful, but it is so not fun for me to run. I do not like it. Uh, it's a bummer, and it has one of the more creative encounters they've ever built. The dogs, which is also one of the glitchiest encounters they've ever built, so it doesn't really win any points. <laughs> Uh, Mike Quad, do you think Bungie is using these seasonal things to beta test for Destiny 3? Yes, 100%. I think a lot of this is testing for the next game. Uh, T-Funk, do you think drip feed helps or hurts? As a player, I find myself at different parts of the story uh, and grind. I think the drip is w- very, very helpful. Player-based numbers, and I, I would even wager to make the, uh, an estimate that their revenue streams are probably far better and far healthier with drip feed than not the old way 
I think it was harder to convince people to come back. It was easier to be disappointed because you were done week one, you felt, and then you were kind of like, I don't really care. Now it's like, okay, I'm kind of done week one, but there's something new next week. There's new obelisks. That brings new guns to grind. There's a new boss. Then there's this activity. Then there's the dawning. Then there's this going on. Then there's an exotic quest. Like, I think Drip Feed is far better. Far better. Um, It's harder to walk away with Drip Feed. It really is. It's harder to walk away. I've struggled with that as a streamer. There were other games I wanted to play. There were other things I wanted to do. But doggone it. We were in here every day finding stuff to do. Grinding that power. Getting those drops. Chasing those god rolls. Trying to get better stats. And then, even when I felt like I was kind of done with that, more stuff kept coming out. The dungeon came out right and then that's why that's why you know undying mine was so disappointing because we thought it was going to be something so i think drip feed is perfect i really do i I can't imagine anybody making a good argument against drip compared compared to like dark below or house of wolves or curse of osiris or warmind if you look at dark below house of wolves and you look at curse of osiris warmind you compare that to the annual pass with the black armory drifter and opulence and then compare it to where we are now undying to 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 uh, season of dawn you have a, you're going to have a really really freaking hard time to make a case that this isn't significantly better than dark below house of wolves or osiris warmind like those were aw- and you could be like oh osiris and warmind were bad because of the state of the game maybe but the, the, what we got delivered and how long it lasted no no i don't think so i do think Warmind and Curse would be flipped in our minds as far as value. If random rolls would have existed back then, I think we would have liked Osiris more than Warmind because they were more guns. But without random rolls, Osiris died really quickly for a lot of people. And then Warmind was, was, is a fonder memory, even though there was kind of like less there. It's a fonder memory because they did all these great quality of life updates and we felt a lot stronger and they did catalysts and they updated a bunch of supers and a bunch of abilities and stuff. And I think that made a lot of people think more fondly on Warmind than Curse. BCB 151. Given the Destiny has been crafted and molded to be a community based game, how do you feel about people creating fire teams on the companion to carry people in Crucible, but when those people join the group, they ask for money to carry? I don't care about this. You can do whatever you want with your time as long as it's not illegal or hurting somebody else. So if you want to say, I'll carry you and charge you money and somebody's willing to spend it that's fine that's called supply and demand people used to give the trial streamers all that trouble about like you're charging people for carries why don't you do it for free well why don't you shut the frick up like you're not entitled to their services you're not entitled to their skills if they have the skills to take people consistently to the lighthouse in front of an audience which is makes it even harder and they want to charge money for that well then but let them like if people are if there's willing consumers then your mouth can be silenced by the money that they're making essentially right if you don't want to spend the money and you think it's dumb then don't spend the money because it's dumb right there are probably people that would say uh bottled water why would you buy bottled water that's like the dumbest thing ever i have water at my tap right people would pay for bottled water a better example a better parallel would be having someone mow your lawn I can mow my lawn. I'm an able-bodied person. I've got I've got a lawn mower. I'll go mow my lawn. <laughs> and I, you know what I'm going to say? And this is me speaking. This is Lono speaking. I'm going to pay somebody to mow my lawn. I'm not freaking mowing my lawn. I don't have time for that. I really don't. The value transmission of someone mowing my lawn is incredibly helpful to me. And boom, here you go. Mow my lawn. I don't want to do it. You know, carry me to the lighthouse. I don't want to do it by myself. Can you please help me? Can you carry me to the lighthouse? It's a service 
that is optional that somebody's offering because of their expertise. And if you don't want it, don't do it. Get to the lighthouse on your own. You know, get yourself max crucible light, whatever, max crucible rank on your own. It's just supply and demand. Um, now, now, Vreek is saying, I think they're talking about it being misleading by not putting it in part of the description. Okay. If that's what you're talking about, BCB, then that is scummy. I would agree with that. And that's just a stupid waste of their own time. If they're going into the thing, the companion, and they're saying, oh, we'll carry you, and then they ask for money for the carry, I think that's just bad business practice in general. Do you know how many times a day they've, they're completely wasting their time, and somebody's being like, I'm not paying you money, you idiot, and then they leave? They'd be far better off saying that they're charging because then they would only get people coming in that are willing to pay, which means their sampling and their audience would be funneled to the exact people that are interested in what they're offering. So it sounds to me, if they're trying to like sucker punch people or like, surprise, I'm actually charging money. Well, then I I got news for you. They're an idiot because they're, they're, they're going to constantly get people telling them no, and they're spinning their wheels. Why, why spend three hours getting told no when you could spend one hour getting nothing but yeses? Like, that just is a, that's a complete, probably, waste of their own time. Stubot. Uh, stu, I'm sorry, Stu Boot. Do you think artifact weapon mods should be for all weapons? Not a big fan of scouts. Plus, yeah, we already talked about this earlier. I would love to see a time where, where anti-barrier, overload, and unstoppable are available on all weapon types. They, they bring them out of the artifact, or at the very least, let, them put us, let us put them on exotic primaries for the time being they're on the artifact but I would like to be maybe we get to a place where the artifact has cooler stuff on it and all those anti-barrier overloaded unstoppable stuff comes off of the artifact and is just in the mod pool so you can use whatever gun you want Um, it'd be cool to get to that place I don't know if you need to keep funneling us Um, as we said earlier the sundial activity, I think people are going to get annoyed having to run scout, bow, or pulse in an environment that's like really rambunctious and really like everyone's on top of you. I think people are going to get annoyed by that this season. Dr. Laz, what prompted you to max one obelisk over the other initially? I just wanted to see what happened when you got one maxed. I should have taken the time to read. I'm very bad about that. Chat will tell you. That's why we have the Lono Blind emote. I really wish I would have done Mars. Uh, I didn't consider if I would look, if I would have looked at the season pass and saw that I was going to be able to have two sundials active at once on the season pass at level eleven. I would not have leveled up Tangled Shore. I would have leveled up Mars. I was just dumping the tokens into to Tangled Shore first and got it to like rank three, four, or five or something. And then I realized there was one on Mars, and I was like, "Well, I've already taken Tangled Shore to five. Let's see how high we can get it." Took it all the way to 11 and then today realized I probably should have prioritized Mars because right now I have the extra sundial link on the Tangled Shore and on my season pass. So for all intents and purposes, I could have three obelisks attached to the sundial right now, which isn't possible. So I've done something that isn't needed. It's it's a, I've, I'm, it's like I now on Tuesday. Sure, I could link up one of those sun, one of those obelisks right away. I don't know if that's as beneficial as getting two drops at the end of every sundial <laughs> run. Um, so, uh, the advantage of having to work during the day and watch you alone screw things up and learn from his mistakes. I mean, you're putting a cap up, but that is definitely a service uh, that you get from streamers. Like, you can watch us make the bad call, the bad decision. Uh, so, if you come to Mars and you look at this one, right? Oh, you can't see it. You can't see it. So it's not like I had the knowledge. I, if I would have ranked this up, you know, one time. 
but it's not like they're all here listed. So I guess I, I do. I, I guess I get a pass then. It's not like I could have read it and known that. Somebody told me today and it was too late. I had already taken Tangled Shore up really high. Somebody gambled on Mars and they won big and I didn't. Um, so just, uh, just one of those things. I'm really angry about it. I'm just kidding. Stuboot says, Do you think the new armor mods should be available on older armor? After using most of my Ascendant Shards, I'm not really wanting to grind for the new armor all over again. Well, I hear where you're coming from, and my stance on this has been they have to straddle the line. They have to basically... Your old armor is still worth something, okay? Because it can run the mods for Nightmare Hunts, it can run the mods for the Garden of Salvation Raid, and... That's that's they're they're not invalidating that, but they also have to give you a reason to chase the new armor, so they have to do both. And if they let you use all your god roll old armor that you've taken up to ten levels of energy, then any armor they add this season doesn't really matter to you. So, and I would say the charge with light benefits are marginal enough that you don't have to do it. It's optional. You don't need those. But if you want to start experimenting with them and trying them out, then you got to go get them. Also, keep in mind, if you're playing any of the new activities, you're going to be getting the new armor anyway, naturally, to try things out and experiment. You don't need a bunch of god roll armor from this season to then all, you know, to try those things out. You could just get a couple of drops and experiment and see what it feels like. Um... None of the new armor are dropping with poor to very poor stat rolls. Oh, you're I did notice that. A lot of the armor that's dropping, I'm getting terrible stat rolls on it. And I got an exotic today. Look at this thing. Look at this exotic today. A 49. That looks like I pulled it out of collections. That, that dropped on the ground. Like, they got to do a quality pass on stats. I mean, there's a 55. 55's not bad. 55 is fine. Um... Do I have anything else that dropped? I don't think I do. I'd have to check somebody else. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that even happened uh, on the boots. I, I, it just makes no sense. It, that that seems like a glitch, personally. Um, the stat roll from the collections is like a 46. Um, so, I mean, this is a 55. So, I, I would say we need to sample maybe more drops. If you're counting the drops from... The, it, listen, 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 listen you might be getting a bad bad sampling because if you go here and you open this box you get a full set of armor the stats are terrible now let me grab this just to see for science that's probably going to be a low one yeah it's a 48 basically the stuff you pull from the past is like collections level stats so you might have a bunch of armor in your inventory right now that's tricking you right you might be thinking what the why is it so low well you probably have a bunch of this stuff you probably have a bunch of this stuff so that, that would be my guess, is that you've got a bunch of stuff from the season pass, maybe. Um, check later in the pass. All right, hang on a second. Do the stats get higher? Oh, there's a 64. A 64? Are you kidding me? What? That is really high. Wait, hang on a minute. A 66. A 65 and a 64. That's crazy. Keep going. Well, now I'm into the ornaments, so it, the, 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 these aren't going to have stats. Um, I don't. That don't know. That's kind of sorry. That's kind of crazy in light of how bad the stats have been in Garden of Salvation. 
Um, I think what is actually pulled is different from the past. We'll see. The first round of armor, it gave me what it said it was going to give me. Right? It gave me what it said it was going to give me. It gave me something in the 40. It was a 48. I don't know. I don't think they pull random. Here, let's do another one just for the sake of science. I got another one I can pull. I got a pair of boots. It says it's a 46. It's got a 10 resilience and a 12 strength. All right? It's a 46. It's a 10 resilience and it's a 12 strength. It is exactly as what I pulled. It is exactly it. So there was no sense in waiting on that, right? There's no sense in waiting on that because I'm 60 in the slot anyway. Yeah. That it the ones further on that are 65s and 66s and stuff that's what they're going to drop as Ashen Hollow do you feel they should have waited longer to let silver only purchases be available this season or should they even be offered at all the divinity and the sparrow this week in the store were silver exclusive last season I think that's fine I don't know why anybody would complain about that the fact that they're dropping it down and making it bright dust I think that's fine if people are going to be like oh I would have saved my silver listen you have to know that season to season season to season the stuff from last season will probably right will probably roll down in right I mean I I don't know is there anything in here okay so this is let's go to let's go here no four 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 sparrows and those are none of those are from shadow keep so it might take longer for the shadow keep stuff to roll down into these uh, these engrams, I don't know, man. I would say I would say that, that that I'm not too concerned about that. If you're buying something with silver during the season, and two to three months later it shows up in the next season for bright dust, I just don't think you can complain about that. That doesn't feel like a legitimate complaint to me. You know, because you could say, "Oh, I would have waited." Really? You would have waited th- a month, two months. I don't know. Um, didn't they l- drop the overall bright dust cost of things? I noticed most things this week are in the twelve hundreds. I have no idea. Um, uh, um, Yeah, I'm not going to read that next one. That 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 seems like it was just that's just somebody trying to write a book to parrot things I've I've uh, I've already said. That doesn't I don't know. That doesn't feel like a genuine question. So that that was going to be the last question. I'm not making that be the last question. I'm going to let Ashens be the last question. I'm not shutting the stream down. If you guys have enjoyed this, it's a family-friendly stream. It's like an interactive podcast. You can turn this on. We're going to keep talking and keep discussing. So don't go anywhere. Click the follow button and turn on notifications if you haven't done that already. If you are listening to this on on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. You can always come in live, twitch.tv slash Rage. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.